What's going on, guys? You're listening to Moonlight Madness on Weagle 91.1 from 7 to 8 p.m. every Thursday. I'm Jacob Goins, and over the next hour, I'll be discussing the hottest topics in sports around the country and around Auburn athletics. Follow me on Twitter at Goins2Jacob, that's G-O-I-N-S, the number two, Jacob, for all show updates and other sporting news. Let's get into the show. Welcome into Moonlight Madness. It is Thursday at 7 o'clock, so you know what that means. It's time. We're going to discuss some awesome sports here tonight and some good, you know, just some good sports opinionating from myself, right? So, again, this is Moonlight Madness. I really appreciate you all tuning in here on Thursday night, September 30th. Cannot believe that October is tomorrow. That is kind of crazy, uh, if you ask me. So, time flies when you're having fun, right? I've really enjoyed being at Weagle so far. Uh, this is the third episode of Moonlight Madness. Again, it's every Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. Central Time, and I finally got it fixed for Spotify, so now my show is on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. So got that fixed, got that handled, so just search Moonlight Madness on wherever you get your podcasts, and you will be able to listen if you ever miss a live show. So with that, again, I appreciate you all listening in, if you're listening live or on the podcast later on. But it's Mood Live Madness on Thursday night. Again, the date is 9.30 April, or excuse me, September 30th. Let's get into the big three. So I've talked about it on the first two episodes, and I'm going to talk about it again tonight, the MLB playoff race. When I started my show, we had about two and a half weeks to go in the playoff race, and we are down to teams having three and four games left. Most of the divisions have been... You know, have they been settled already? They've been decided. They have their winners. In the American League, you have the Tampa Bay Rays and the Chicago White Sox, who have already won their division, clinched their playoff spot, uh, and moving on. And then you have the Houston Astros, who just need one more win tonight. And it doesn't have to be tonight. They have, I believe, three games left. All they got to do is win one, and they win their division, right? So those three divisions... Are, are locked up. Those three teams are going to win their divisions, lock it down, get to the postseason, uh, and, and all those three teams can make a, a big run. But the American League wild card is wild, to say the least. Uh, we will get there in just a minute, and I'm going to I'm gonna dive into that and discuss that a little bit because, wow, it is it is incredible to, to watch and, and to look at right now. But in the National League, their division winners – so far, you have the Milwaukee Brewers, who have won their division already. They've wrapped it up uh, with a huge, huge victory for them in their division. For the Atlanta Braves, their magic number is number is one also, right? They need one win out of their next four games to wrap up their division, to win their division, get into the postseason. They have one game tonight against the Phillies in Atlanta. And then they have three games against the New York Mets, who, since falling out of contention, have definitely fallen off a little bit here to end the season. So it's looking like the Atlanta Braves are going to win their division as well, which is big for Atlanta. You know, they, they've kind of owned that division the past few years. And, you know, that's good for them to – that's really their one shot to get into the postseason with their somewhat mediocre record. But they've also been played with a lot of injuries, of course. Acuna Jr. being the biggest injury that they've had this season. So 
despite their injuries, looks like they're on the road to, you know, to winning their division and getting that playoff spot. I'll give you a score update on that game a little bit later when I go through some of the live scores for tonight. And also in the National League, you have the San Francisco Giants and the L.A. Dodgers fighting for who's going to win their division, right? The Giants are currently two games ahead in that division, ahead of the Dodgers. And that's a big deal because both of those teams are over 100 wins. Both of those teams are two of the best teams in baseball. And yet they're still fighting to see who's going to win their own division. But it's a big deal because whoever wins their division, right, they get home field advantage because they're going to be the best team in the National League. And they're also going to avoid a wild card game against a red-hot St. Louis Cardinals team who just came off or just coming off of a 17 game win streak which is the longest it's the longest for the National League since I believe the Cubs back in like the 30s so and it doesn't matter in baseball any kind of a a winning streak like that is just huge and that just shows the you know the Cardinals are playing their best baseball at the right time tomorrow's October And that's when you turn it on, is October baseball. So again, the winner of that division between the Giants and the Dodgers gets to avoid that wild card game against the Cardinals. So again, the loser, they have to play that Cardinals team. And there's not many teams in the league, if any at all, that want to play that team right now. And then the loser of that, you know, of that division, they have to go and fight through the playoffs without home field advantage. So that's a very key, you know, race to watch there over in the National League, the San Francisco Giants and the Los Angeles Dodgers fighting for their division win. And then you have the American League wild card. I think everybody's talking about it. I think everybody has seen it. And it's it's awesome. It's so much fun to 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 watch it and to read about it and to just keep up with the standings and to watch Teams go back and forth, and right now, every single game matters in that American League division and in the American League in general. So at one point this week, they were talking about how there was a possibility to have a five-team, or excuse me, a five-way tie for the American League wild card. Now, if there's a two-, three-, or four-way tie for the wild card, there's a rule for that. They have a way of of figuring that out, of playing each other, looking at some different statistics and stuff like that to decide who gets the two playoff spots or the two wild card spots, right? But there's nothing in the rule book about a five-way tie for the two wild card spots, ultimately because that's not supposed to happen, right? Five teams tie for two spots, two wild card spots, that's not supposed to happen. Unfortunately for baseball fans who wanted to see that, That possibility ended this week when the Oakland Athletics ultimately fell out of contention. Uh, They fell too many games behind, but not enough games to play. So ultimately, they got eliminated. But, but, there's still four teams in the running. And a four-team, you know, a four-team tie for those two wildcard spots, that still would be a lot of fun. And it's very possible right now. And currently, when you look at it, you got the Yankees, who are playing phenomenal baseball. They just went on a seven-game win streak. They're one game ahead 
And they also swept the Boston Red Sox, by the way. So that was huge for the Yankees. In that seven-game stretch, they swept the Red Sox, their division rival, who they're fighting with for a wild-card spot. And so tonight they have one more game against Toronto, the Blue Jays, one of those teams fighting for those wild-card spots. And then they have three. They have a three-game series versus the American League leader, Tampa Bay Rays. So the Yankees have it almost as difficult as you can get to end the season, you know, having to play, formerly playing the Red Sox, and then playing the Toronto Blue Jays, a potential playoff team, and then having to play the best team in the American League in the Tampa Bay Rays. But credit to the Yankees. They've, they've done a pretty good job. They've, they've done what they've had to do, but it's not done for them yet. You know, I think tonight they need to win that game against Toronto tonight, and then they got to play Tampa Bay, and they got three games. I think they need, you know, at least one, possibly two, depending on how the Red Sox, the Blue Jays, and the Mariners do, you know. So the four teams, again, I don't know if I said it, but the four teams that are fighting for two playoff spots, the New York Yankees, the Boston Red Sox, the Toronto Blue Jays, and the Seattle Mariners. And so I think out of those four teams, the Yankees definitely have the hardest remaining schedule, the you know, the hardest last series. But, you know, the Yankees are not a team that, that backs down from that. They're not a team that is going to give up. They have some amazing hitters, and their pitching staff is, is on a roll right now. And their hitters are just hitting bombs all over the place. You know, Stanton and Judge, they're, they're just good. They're good at what they do. So – you know, watch for the Yankees if they're up currently one game for that first wild card spot. So they currently hold that spot. But then the team right behind them, their longtime rival, the Boston Red Sox, they hold that second wild card spot as of right now. So they're one game back of the Yankees for the first wild card spot. And you'd ultimately, for those of you that don't know, in that wild card matchup, whoever gets the first place, you know, the first wild card spot, they host the second wild card team. So it's a big deal whether you have to go on the road for that winner take all one wild card game or if you get to host that wild card game. It's a big deal. So you know, those four teams fighting are not just for one of the two spots, but ultimately trying to get that top spot. And so for the Red Sox to end the season, they have one more game tonight against the Baltimore Orioles, which you know, if you've been keeping up with the Red Sox, they have not they've not played their best baseball in the last week or so. Like I said earlier, they got swept by the Yankees. This three-game series against the Orioles, who are a very bad baseball team, they lost. They got embarrassed. And that's a game that they had to win. And so, again, they have that one game against – one more tonight against Baltimore, which they, they have to win that game. And then they have a three-game series versus a Washington team that the Washington Nationals – they're not very good either. So, you know, the Red Sox are kind of beneficial on playing two bad teams in back-to-back series. And if Boston wants to make the postseason and, and try to host that wild card game, they've got to take advantage of these last four games against, you know, bad competition. The Mariners are a half game back right now of, the, of one of the wild card spots, and they have a three-game series against a bad Angels team. So the Mariners are right there with it as well. If they can go in there and win two or three, you know, two of three, or possibly three of all three of those games, then the Mariners are going to find themselves in one of those two wild card spots. 
And then the Toronto Blue Jays, they're only one game back. And they end the season against those Baltimore Orioles that the Red Sox are currently playing. So when you look at those four teams, it looks like the Yankees, you know, have the hardest remaining schedule. And the other three teams all play bad teams. So it stands right now the Yankees and the Red Sox host or hold those two wild card spots. But I think we're going to see a movement there. As much as baseball fans would love to see the Yankees and the Red Sox play a winner-take-all and move on in a wild card game, I just don't think we're going to get it. Unless the Yankees can stay hot. Just let me say that. Unless the Yankees stay hot, continue to play fantastic baseball, and go out there and take two of three from Tampa Bay and also win tonight, then they may end up holding it. I'm not sure. But the odds are stacked against them. That is for sure. The odds are stacked against the Yankees right now for one of those wild card spots. So, again, you have the Yankees, the Boston Red Sox, the Seattle Mariners, and the Toronto Blue Jays. Four teams all within a game of each other fighting for two wild card spots there in the American League. So keep an eye on that. I'll give you score updates on all of those teams playing their games later in the show. But it's going to be interesting, and I think most baseball fans either want the Yankees and the Red Sox in that wild card matchup, or they want that four-way tie. And honestly, I have not read into as much how that officially goes down. I think they kind of play, you know, if they have any makeup games that they missed in the season, they have to go back and play those. And then they may end up playing each other. I'm not really sure. All we can do is cross our fingers, right? But baseball right now, keep your eye on it. Watch these games over this weekend because this weekend's it for the regular season. This is it. All these teams have three and four games left, and then it's playoff time. And that's the best baseball is October baseball. I've talked about it before, and I can't stress it enough. So keep up with that. The MLB playoff race coming down to the wire as we turn or make the turn into October. So when we come back here on Moonlight Madness, I'll preview college football coming up this weekend. We got a good weekend coming up with a lot of good games, a lot of good competition, and a lot of good you know, playoff implications already. You're listening to Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM, Auburn. Welcome back to Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM. My name is Jacob Goins. I appreciate you all listening in tonight, or if you're listening on the podcast, I appreciate you as well. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Jake, or excuse me, at Goins2Jacob. That's G-O-I-N-S, the number two, Jacob, for all updates and any other sports takes that I have because I like Twitter a lot. I'm on there quite a bit, so make sure you follow me on Twitter. So, moving on with the big three, college football this weekend. Let's dive into that a little bit. We actually have a game tonight. I was not aware of that until I was doing a little bit of show prep earlier. Virginia and Miami, a little ACC matchup. I'll give you a score update on that in a little bit when we run through some scores, but good little start to the weekend. Some conference play there in the ACC. A couple games tomorrow night. A couple ranked teams in action as well. You have Houston and Tulsa. Then you have the number five, Iowa Hawkeyes. On the road at Maryland. It's a good Big Ten matchup. And number 13, BYU, on the road at Utah State. So a little Pretty good little appetizer there before we dive in to Saturday. But let me tell you, folks, Saturday's going to be a good one. 
Saturday, we have got a lot of good college football all day long. You know, I think it's going to be probably the biggest all-around college football weekend we've had so far. You know, we've had good games, you know, leading up to this, to this weekend. But I'm, I'm just telling you, I think this weekend is going to be really good. It's going to be really entertaining. We have four ranked matchups, meaning we have four games where both teams are ranked. So you can't, you know, you can't go wrong with those. Those are always going to be good, competitive, you know, high implication games. And also we have two of those being top ten matchups, right? So two of those games are, pre- are showing top ten teams playing each other. And so it doesn't get bigger than that. And, you know, right now we're really getting in to conference play. Um, we're kind of out of the out of the you know non-conference games and the SEC versus Big Ten and SEC versus ACC and Big 12 versus Pac-12, all that kind of stuff. We're kind of moving out of that, and all the teams are moving into their conference play, which is really is where it gets good, and that's where the heart of the college football season lives is when conference play rolls around. So when you take a look, to start off on Saturday – at 11 a.m. Central Time, college game day is going to be here. Number eight, Arkansas, and number two, Georgia. I'll tell you what, I've watched Georgia play. They may be number two in the country, but they're the best team in college football right now. I'm going to go ahead and tell you because I've watched Georgia play and I've watched Alabama play. And both these teams are good, don't get me wrong. But I think Georgia is on another level right now. I think their defense is the best in college football. I think Kirby Smart has got the most talent he's ever had at Georgia. The most talent he's ever had. I've been saying it since the beginning of the season, and I'm going to say it all season long. If Georgia doesn't win it this year, if Kirby Smart doesn't win it this year, with that team and those players and those coaches and their schedule playing in the SEC East, if they don't win it this year, Kirby Smart will never win it at Georgia. This is their year to win it. And not only that, college football as a whole is sort of down, if you will. Clemson's 2-2. Two and two. The ACC is out. ACC won't have a team in the college football playoff come December. Okay? They won't. It's just when Clemson goes 2-2 two and two and the rest of the league is not any good, that's what happens. So Georgia doesn't have to worry about Clemson being in there, okay? Then Georgia's going to have to play Alabama at some point in the SEC championship game. Whether they win or lose, if Georgia wins out, as a lot of people are expecting them to do, they'll be in anyway. They may have to play Bama again. Who knows? The Big Ten's having some questions, especially Ohio State. I think Ohio State's still a really good team, but they're not just dominating people. And they lost to Oregon, what, week two, right? So, and nobody really knows what the pac is going to do or the Big 12. You know, Oklahoma's not shining. They're not dominating people like they normally do. So I think college football as a whole is kind of down right now. 
So if Georgia's going to win it, it's going to be this year. It's got to be this year, in my opinion, for them. But anyway, number eight, Arkansas, number two, Georgia, Saturday, 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN. College game day's going. How about Arkansas and Sam Pittman, right? Arkansas is number eight in the country. You heard that right. Number eight in the country, Arkansas. Woo pig, right? Sam Pittman, he's done a heck of a job over there so far. You know, people don't really think that Arkansas job is a high-level job. People don't really seek that job out a whole lot. But it's an SEC job, and he went in there, and he's done a fantastic job. So he's got Arkansas back on the map. People are excited to watch Arkansas play. And Arkansas is kind of America's team right now. I mean, who wouldn't want to see Arkansas go to Athens and win that game? So keep your eye on that one. That's a big one. Okay, that's a that's a big game. Also at 11 a.m., we got number 14 Michigan Wolverines traveling to Wisconsin. Those Big Ten matchups are ugly, right? They normally don't score a lot of points. There's a lot of defense, a lot of punting, right? Wisconsin's one and two, not as good as they, you know, people thought they were going to be. But those Big Ten matchups, they matter. Michigan's top 14, looking to make a push into the top 10, possibly sneak into a playoff if they can go on, win, you know, win out, beat Ohio State, win the Big Ten championship. So they got to start somewhere. A big win on the road to Wisconsin would get them there. The other top 10 matchup for the, or for the weekend, number seven, Cincinnati at number nine, Notre Dame. 1.30 Central Time on NBC, TV affiliate for Notre Dame. This is Cincinnati's last big test. Cincinnati doesn't play a whole lot of super tough competition. They play a couple of big Power 5 schools a year. If you remember, they already won on the road at Indiana, which that's a big game for Cincinnati. It's Power 5 school on the road, and they got it done. But this is their toughest battle yet. A top 10 Notre Dame team at Notre Dame, 130 on Saturday. Cincinnati's hungry. Cincinnati feels disrespected for not being a Power 5 team. They will be, of course, joining the Big 12 in a few years. But look out for Cincinnati. They got a good offense, a good defense. They're experienced, right? I mean, Cincinnati's a good football team, and they're out to prove why they should be in the Power 5, why they should get the respect already before they make that jump to the Big 12. But Notre Dame's consistent, right? Notre Dame is a good football team. They're top 10 for a reason. They're going to be a physical team on both sides of the ball. I think the offensive and defensive line is going to be really important there because Cincinnati's going to want to going to want to run up and down the field, and I don't think Notre Dame's going to let them. I think Cincinnati's going to have to go through the air, test the Notre Dame cornerbacks and DBs, and see what they can do. Cincinnati has everything to prove in this game, but Notre Dame can't go into that thinking they're going to win because they're the, the bigger and badder school, right? Notre Dame better be ready because they're going to get Cincinnati's biggest punch. Back to the SEC, number 12, Ole Miss travels to number one, Alabama, 2.30 on CBS on Saturday. Ole Miss is red hot right now. They score a lot of points, boy. And Lane Kiffin is the hottest name in college football. I'm sure a bunch of you saw on ESPN where Lane Kiffin's name is being dragged around a little bit, and Lane likes it. He doesn't care. Kiffin is a 
is a very outspoken coach. I think I talked about this last week too, where you know Kenton just doesn't he doesn't care what people say. He goes out there and he coaches, and he's got some talent on that Ole Miss roster. But they're up against a big test. They're on the road at number one Alabama, where Alabama doesn't lose very often. They're in Bryant Denny Stadium. Alabama's been kind of shaky here and there. They haven't played their best ball yet. And I think Saban's going to have them ready. But Ole Miss is going to be ready too. And Lane Kiffin, he worked under Nick Saban. He kind of knows a little bit about him. So I think it's going to be interesting. No assistant of Nick Saban's has ever beaten Nick Saban as an opposing coach. So, you know, we'll see what Lane Kiffin can do. I think Ole Miss is going to be fired up. They're going to be ready. I think Alabama has more talent, of course, but I think Ole Miss has a shot. I think Ole Miss scores enough points, and Alabama's defense has been questionable enough for Ole Miss to really have a chance in that game. I'll go over the odds of that in a little bit during what are the odds, but that's an exciting game where I know I'm really excited you know, to watch it and keep up with it uh, on Saturday. And then also, another ranked matchup, 21 Baylor, 19 Oklahoma State. Good, you know, a good Big 12 matchup there, 6 o'clock on Saturday night. And then all of you caring, you know, all of you listening here, here's the game you care about, right? Number 22 Auburn at LSU. I'm going to preview this in the next segment for Auburn Athletics, you know, around Auburn Athletics. But this is still a big game. Auburn coming off the loss at Penn State and then the comeback win against Georgia State last week, traveling on the road to Baton Rouge to an underappreciated LSU team. I know they lost to UCLA and haven't looked great, but LSU is still a good football team. And they don't lose at night at Baton Rouge. So that's another good game, a nightcap, if you will, 8 o'clock on Saturday, 8 o'clock Central Time on ESPN. So those are the highlights for college football coming up this weekend. It's going to be a good one. Again, there's a game on tonight, a couple games on tomorrow night, and then Saturday is wide open as usual. That was number two of the big three. When we come back, I'll preview the NFL, and then after that, we'll take a look around Auburn Athletics. You're listening to Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back to Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Jacob Goins. We're already halfway through the show, but let's roll on with the big three. The NFL this weekend is going to be another good weekend, and already we have a game on tonight, of course, for Thursday night football, and we have the Jacksonville Jaguars visiting the Cincinnati Bengals. Of course, the Jacksonville Jaguars having Trevor Lawrence, the star rookie there in the NFL, making his fourth start of the season, yet to get a win but traveling to a Cincinnati team that got a big win last week on the road at Pittsburgh there for Joe Burrow and the Bengals. So I'll give you a score update on that in just a little bit. But then also for the weekend, there's some good games. You get the Panthers and the Cowboys. Panthers are undefeated, 3-0. Cowboys with a big win last Monday night against the Eagles. So Cowboys looking pretty good and good for Dak Prescott, right? Nasty injury last season ended his season early and some thought it could be a career ending injury but luckily he was able to you know bounce back and and get back into the football and get back to playing and doing what he's good at and so good for him he's looking good the Cowboys are looking pretty good 
So that should be a good one. Panthers and Cowboys on Sunday. You have the Cardinals and the Rams. Battle of the Unbeatens, right? So Cardinals, some would say shockingly, are undefeated so far this season. And then the Rams. You know, the Rams have been good for the past few seasons. They've got a couple big wins so far already. So that's in the 3 o'clock, the afternoon slate on Sunday. you got the Cardinals and visiting the Rams. Also, the Seahawks and the 49ers, huge divisional rhino, or excuse me, divisional matchup. 49ers and Seahawks is always a good one. It's always a good game, physical, two teams. Pretty much just flat out hate each other from what you from what you see on the field. And rightfully so. Both teams have been very successful in the past 10 or so years against each other. A couple of Super Bowls and the Super Bowl appearances between them. So watch out for that one on Sunday. Ravens-Broncos. Broncos, again, another one of those surprising undefeated teams who were just – they're beating the people on their schedule, right? They're playing good football. And they've got a good Bronco, or excuse me, they got a good Ravens team coming in with Lamar Jackson. But Teddy Bridgewater for the Broncos, he's playing good football too. Got him undefeated. So again, the Broncos hosting the Ravens. What a quarterback matchup. Lamar Jackson and Teddy Bridgewater. Keep your eye on that one. It's got a lot of fantasy implications too for all you fantasy football players out there. Also, my Packers, the Green Bay Packers, they host Big Ben. And the Steelers on Sunday in the afternoon slate, 3.30 Central Time on CBS. The Packers got back on track last couple weeks. Aaron Rodgers, they gave him too much time last week. Gave him the ball back with 37 seconds and no timeouts. So what did Rodgers do? He drove all the way down the field and gave Mason Crosby an opportunity and kicked the winning field goal for the Packers to win last week. So they're hosting the Steelers, who are kind of up and down right now, especially with you know Ben Roethlisberger getting up there in age a little bit. Some people questioning whether he should have already retired, should retire now. You know, it's kind of kind of up in the air, especially with Steelers fans, but I think it'll be a good game. I do think the Packers get that win, I hope, but keep your eye on that one. And then the game of the week, right? Tom Brady returns to Foxborough for the first time since leaving the Patriots. That's right. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers visit the New England Patriots on Sunday night football. You already know they put that one in prime time. It's going to be a good one. Tom Brady versus his replacement in Mac Jones. Mac Jones, of course, the rookie sensation out of Alabama. He's playing good ball. I think he's the right man for the job there in New England. But Tom Brady's got himself a team. Already won the Super Bowl last year. And again, the first time he's going back to New England since leaving the Patriots. I'm interested to see how he'll be welcomed there in New England. I hope they don't boo him. I'm not the biggest Tom Brady fan. I think he's excellent. I think he's the best, you know, the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. And he won six Super Bowls with the Patriots. They have no reason to boo him, right? So I hope they don't boo him. I hope they accept him. I hope that, you know, they cheer for him. You know, during pregame and stuff like that. Obviously during the game, you want to cheer for the Patriots if you're a Patriots fan. But accept Tom Brady coming back. But it's going to be interesting because people in New England, they don't really care about that stuff. So 
watch out for that Sunday night primetime. So with that, that'll wrap up the big three. Let's jump in to around Auburn athletics. For Auburn football, a dramatic win last week for homecoming week against Georgia State. I'll tell you what, Auburn came out very stagnant in that game. They, especially in the first half, they could not run the ball. They couldn't throw the ball. They couldn't stop Georgia State from doing either one of those things either. And they were down, what, 24-12 to at halftime? And just looked, or 24-14 or 24-12, I can't remember off the top of my head. Either way, they were down at halftime by double digits to Georgia State at home on homecoming, a game that they're supposed to win by a lot. So, second half, Bo Nix, starting quarterback, came in. Still couldn't get the job done. So, head coach Brian Harson, he made the change. He made the change at quarterback and brought in backup T.J. Finley. And under the last regime, under Gus Malzahn, I don't think that's a move he ever would have made. He never made it then during his time. And I still don't think even in that game on Saturday, if Gus was our coach, I don't think it's a move he makes. I really don't. I think he, because we had seen it in the past with him sticking with Bo and wanting Bo to just be legendary. And I think Bo Nix is an extremely good quarterback. He's very talented, very smart. But he was struggling on Saturday. There's just no doubt about it. And so instead of letting Bo burn in the fire, Harson pulled him and put in the backup T.J. Finley and gave Finley a chance to make something happen, and he did. I was able to ask Brian Harson a question in the postgame press conference about just what, you know, what he saw and what he was thinking when he brought T.J. in. And he said, just looking for a spark. He said he was taking a risk, looking for a spark for the team, and it worked out. And TJ said after the game as well, he said, I knew my I knew my role. I knew what I was trying to do. I had to come in and play ball and get it done. And he did. So TJ Finley came in and led a 98-yard drive in the last two minutes of the game for Auburn to go down there and win. He threw a, a touchdown pass to Shedrick Jackson on fourth down in the back of the end zone to beat Georgia State on an exciting ending. It was really exciting. I was in the press box. Uh, with my class, my sports reporting class, and it was so cool. It was really cool to see, you know, again, you don't want Auburn to have to go down and, and make a 98-yard drive to beat Georgia State, but an exciting win is an exciting win. So you escape the trap game, you learn from your mistakes, and you move on. And you better move on quick because Auburn travels to LSU this weekend, Baton Rouge, for a Saturday night showdown against LSU. I'm sure all of you Auburn fans know the stat. You all know it. Auburn has not won in Baton Rouge since 1999. Okay, we all know it. LSU fans know it too. The players know it. The coaches know it. Everybody knows. But you can't let that affect you on Saturday if you're Auburn. Auburn has to go in there, make their changes this week. You know, hopefully they had a good week at practice. And they got to go in with the mindset that they can win, that they're the better team. Personally, I think they are the better team. But everybody knows Auburn struggles on the road, especially at 
at Death Valley. And I'll say one thing, Death Valley is a place that LSU does not lose night games. They don't lose night games at home very often. So Auburn's got a tall task going in there. But the big question is, who's going to be the starter, right? Who's going to start? Is it going to be the three-year starter of Bo Nix, or is it going to be the new guy, T.J. Finley? A lot of people are talking about that this week, especially around here on campus. I think it's got to be T.J. Finley. I think it. you can't make that kind of a move and then go back on it that quickly. If you're me, you start T.J. Finley. And the reason you start T.J. Finley, in my opinion, is because you put him in for a reason last week. You put him in because your starter was struggling, and he went in and did what he was supposed to do. He got the job done. It wasn't pretty. His first couple drives weren't good. But then he went out there and led a 98-yard drive to win the game. You gave the kid a chance, and he proved himself. And so I think if you go back on that now and you put Bo Nix out there again on Saturday against LSU, you're not really giving TJ the credit that he deserves for doing what he did. He proved himself once. I think you should let him try and do it again. I think it's a short leash. I think you put him in, you know, and if there's a very – just a couple mistakes – Maybe after the first quarter, if the offense hasn't done anything, or maybe the first half, then put Bo back in. But I think you have to reward TJ for what he's done so far, for his work outside of games and then his performance on Saturday. But we'll see. So that's the question all Auburn fans are going to ask. We're not going to know until the Auburn offense runs out there on the field for their first possession on Saturday night. But Auburn football traveling to LSU this weekend against – the Tigers, on Saturday night in Baton Rouge, 8 p.m. on ESPN. So tune in for that. Auburn soccer, ranked number 12 in the nation. Last Thursday night, they lost a heartbreaker in double overtime on the road to number 17 Tennessee. Folks, they were winning that game 1-0 with five minutes to go. And they they actually let Tennessee – score within that five minutes, took it to overtime, and then they eventually lost in double overtime, 2-1. to one. Heartbreaker for Auburn soccer, but they were able to rebound and come back last Sunday and defeat a good Texas A&M opponent here at home on the Plains. They were able to beat Texas A&M 3-0. I was on the call with my man Aiden Kowalski. It was a really good game. Auburn looked really good on the offense and defensive side of the ball, and Auburn soccer had a good comeback win. Or not a good comeback, a good bounce back win, if you will. So they look good against a Texas A&M team that's played a lot of ranked teams this year in soccer. So Texas A&M's record isn't great, but they've played a lot of good competition. So big win for Auburn. They're back on the road against number 17, South Carolina. And that just, uh, it's tomorrow night. And that just adds on to their tough schedule for Auburn soccer. They play a lot of ranked teams, and especially playing in the SEC where the soccer competition in the SEC has really gone up, folks. There's a lot of good teams around the league, a lot of ranked teams, and teams, if they aren't ranked, they play like a ranked team. And Texas A&M was one of those teams on Sunday. In this game tomorrow, they're playing a ranked team in South Carolina. So I look for that to be a good one. You know, the Auburn offense has been on the rise again for Auburn soccer, so – we look to 
we look for Auburn to score a lot of goals in that game and come back home with a victory against number 17, South Carolina. Auburn Volleyball, unfortunately, they're currently on a three-game skid, three-game losing streak. They lost to Ole Miss, Alabama State, and Tennessee, so they are getting into their SEC schedule as well. But Auburn is back home for two games in a row against Alabama in Auburn Arena on Saturday and Sunday. I'll be on the call with my man Aiden Kowalski Saturday at 4.30 right here on Weagle 91.1 FM in conjunction with the Auburn Sports Network. So hopefully Auburn is able to get back in the win column. They got two chances against a good Alabama team on Saturday and Sunday in Auburn Arena. So if you're in Auburn and you're looking for something to do before watching the Auburn football game, try to get over and support our Auburn volleyball team there. They got a lot of heart, and they play really well. They've made a lot of improvements this season. So either Saturday or Sunday, if you're looking for something to do, get over to Auburn Arena and support Auburn volleyball. And if you can't get there, you can always, again, you can always listen right here on Weagle 91.1 FM or on WGLFM.com. Well, after this last break, I'll give you live score updates from around college football, the NFL, and Major League Baseball, and then we'll dive in to what are the odds. You're listening to Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM. Welcome back to Moonlight Madness here on Weagle 91.1 FM. I'm Jacob Goins. Again, this is Moonlight Madness. You can listen every Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. right here on Weagle 91.1 FM. So, for the last two segments, give you some live score updates from around sports tonight, and then we'll do what are the odds. And that will be the end of the show. In baseball, the Chicago Cubs visiting the Pittsburgh Pirates. The Cubs are currently on top of the Pirates 9-0, in the top of the eighth inning there. In Baltimore, the Red Sox taking on the Orioles. Remember the Red Sox playing some crucial baseball games right now, and they're losing to the Orioles 3-1 to at the bottom of the sixth. And Baltimore has two players on, one on first and second. So they're threatening there again against the Red Sox up 3-1. to The Yankees and the Blue Jays playing a critical game in the American League wildcard race. Those teams are tied at one in the bottom of the fifth. The Marlins taking on the New York Mets. The Mets are currently up 5-3 to three in the bottom of the fourth. Houston Astros taking on the top team in the American League, the Tampa Bay Rays. The Astros looking for one more win to secure their division victory. They're up 3-0 on the Rays in the top of the sixth. The Atlanta Braves looking for that one more win as well against the Philadelphia Phillies. They're up 3-0 on the Phillies in the middle of the fifth. The Detroit Tigers on top of the Minnesota Twins, 5-4 in the middle of the fourth. Cleveland Indians and the Kansas City Royals currently tied at one in the top of the third. couple games that ended earlier, St. Louis Cardinals back in the win column after winning 17 straight and then losing last night. They won today against the Milwaukee Brewers, 4-3. And the Texas Rangers defeating the Angels, 7-6. Two games to, to start yet tonight. The San Francisco Giants taking on the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Dodgers hosting the San Diego Padres. Those are your live scores in baseball. Give you a score update on the one FBS college football game tonight. The Virginia Cavaliers currently up 9-0 on the Miami Hurricanes with four minutes to go in the second quarter. Again, Virginia beating Miami Hurricanes in football 9-0 
counting down towards halftime. And in the NFL, I've not looked at this score yet because the Jaguars and the Bengals, I actually have two of these picks for my official picks and what are the odds. So this is the first time I've looked at the score. It is currently zero to or excuse me, it's currently six to zero. Jacksonville. They just scored a touchdown as I clicked over here. It is currently six to zero Jacksonville over Cincinnati with a minute and a half to go in the first. So pending the PAT could be seven to zero, but it is currently six to zero Jacksonville over the Cincinnati Bengals there on Thursday night football. And with that, we'll jump right into what are the odds. So starting Starting last week, I said I was going to keep up with my with my picks when we ran through what are the odds, right? I made three picks. I went two for three. Not bad. I missed the one college football game, the Colorado State and Iowa over. That one did not hit. But the two picks I had in the NFL, I believe it was Titans minus four and a half and the Bengals plus the points, both of those hit, okay? The Titans won by, I think, a touchdown, and the Bengals won outright. So I went two for three last week. So take that as you will. But I'm going to run through some odds this week. And I'm also going to make two of, uh, two or three official picks, two of those picks being in that Jacksonville and Cincinnati game. So starting with college football, looking at some odds. That game that is currently going on, that Virginia and Miami game, the line was Miami 3.5, minus 3.5, with a total of 63.5 points. So a lot of points there. Not looking too good for the total as there's only nine points in that game right now, but you never know. I'll give you the lines on some of the bigger games this weekend. Arkansas and Georgia, again, that's a top 10 matchup. Georgia favored by 18 right now. Georgia minus 18 against the Hogs. Georgia is the home team with a total of 48.5 points. I like Georgia minus 18. You know, I think they're a really good team. I think Arkansas got a big task, but you never know. I'm going to stay away from it, but, you know, the total is tough because Georgia just doesn't allow people to score. So I'm going to stay away from that one, but just to give you an update, Georgia is minus 18 against Arkansas this weekend. Ole Miss and Alabama, another top 25 matchup. Alabama is minus 14 and a half against the Rebels at home. So Bama two-touchdown favorite, you could say, with a total of, holy smokes, 79 is the total in that game. So they're predicting 79 total points between the two teams. That's a lot of points. That's almost 40 points per team, give or take, if you just divide it in two, right? And, you know, I think they could almost get there. I think both of these offenses are just going to light it up. I don't think Bama's defense is what it normally is. So... That's just a lot of points, though. I would stay away from that total. But an update, Bama minus 14.5. In previous years, I would like it. But this year, with Bama not being as dominant as they normally are and Ole Miss really playing with a chip on their shoulder, I'm staying away from it, folks. You can do what you want, but I'm going to stay away from that one. Staying in the SEC, Florida at Kentucky. Florida's a 7.5-point favorite. That's a good matchup. That is a good matchup. It doesn't have the game time on here, but I would be curious to see. I haven't seen what what game time that is, but it's at Kentucky. You know, here's my first official pick. Give me Kentucky plus 7.5 against the Florida Gators. 
on Saturday. Write that down. I will as well. Kentucky plus 7.5 against the Florida Gators. Let me give you one more. The Auburn and LSU lineup for all our Auburn listeners. LSU is currently minus 3, so a 3-point favorite at home against the ranked Auburn Tigers on Saturday night with a total of 55.5 points. That's a tough one. If you're Hey, Auburn fans, if you're confident that Auburn breaks the streak and gets the win, put some money on that money line. But if not, I'd stay away. But again, my first official pick of the night was in college football, Kentucky plus 7.5 against Florida. And then my two picks for tonight. I've made these picks before the game started. I promise. I wrote them down. I took Jacksonville Jaguars plus 7.5 and – I took the total of over 46, okay? So that means Jacksonville could lose by a touchdown and I'd still win, right? So I took Jacksonville plus 7.5 and and the total over 46 points in that game. And Jacksonville is currently up 7 to nothing. They made that PAT, so it is 7 to nothing Jacksonville. There were the minutes a half to go in the first quarter. Some other odds really quickly here. In the NFL this weekend, the Carolina Panthers, Dallas Cowboys. Dallas is a four-and-a-half point favorite. I like that. I like, honestly, I kind of like Carolina plus four-and-a-half there if you're thinking about throwing a little parlay together or something for the NFL. Kansas City Chiefs at the Philadelphia Eagles. The Chiefs are seven-and-a-half point favorites on the road. The undefeated Arizona Cardinals and undefeated Los Angeles Rams. The Rams are four-and-a-half point favorites, minus four-and-a-half there against the Cardinals. Seattle Seahawks at San Francisco 49ers. San Francisco favored by three, minus three. That's that's a good line. I like that one. That's a good game. The Baltimore Ravens at the Denver Broncos. Denver is a minus one, so it's almost a pick em. So if you're going to put money on that, you may as well just pick money line, in my opinion. Pittsburgh Steelers at the Green Bay Packers. Green Bay minus seven, so a touchdown favorite there. And Tampa Bay, Tom Brady going back to New England. Tampa Bay and New England. This Sunday night, Tampa Bay is a seven-point favorite on the road. And for Monday night football, Las Vegas Raiders at the Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are three-and-a-half-point favorites on Monday night football. So, my official picks again, Kentucky plus seven-and-a-half against the Florida Gators in college football. And then I had two picks tonight, Jacksonville Jaguars plus seven-and-a-half against the Cincinnati Bengals and the over of 46 points in that game. Well, that's going to do it for me and Moonlight Madness here on Wego 91.1 FM. I really appreciate you spending your Thursday evening with me. I'm Jacob Goins. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Goins2Jacob. That's G-O-I-N-S, the number two, Jacob, for all show updates and my opinions on sports. So if you like the content here, you're going to love my Twitter account. Make sure to tune in every Thursday from 7 to 8 p.m. right here on Wego 91.1 FM or on WGLFM.com. You can also find Moonlight Madness wherever you get your podcast: Spotify, Apple, Google, Amazon. Just search Moonlight Madness under podcast. I appreciate y'all listening in, and I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Moonlight Madness. Tune in next Thursday at 7 right here on Weagle 91.1 FM Auburn. If you ever miss a show, just search Moonlight Madness on your podcast app of choice. Tune in next time for Moonlight Madness, Thursdays at 7 right here on Weagle 91.1 FM.